Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike. Mike. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. We're now into the one o'clock hour here at KSL News Radio. 106 is the time. Continuing our conversation, which started uh, just under 24 hours ago. Uh, just after 2.30 local time at a grocery store in Colorado, uh, a shooter entered and took the lives of 10 people, including a police officer and father of seven, along with nine other folks who were there just innocently getting the shopping done. Uh, that suspect, 21 years old, is now in custody. Uh, word we have is uh, that he is hospitalized with a gunshot wound to the leg, I think we've all seen the footage of the man being uh, being walked away, escorted by uh, two officers uh, after uh, the incident unfolded, and we were left to learn the terrible details of the carnage left behind. Again, 10 uh, people losing their lives, including a father of seven uh, among the 10 who have lost their lives. Uh, we heard from a retired FBI agent who gave uh, advice on what to do should you find yourself in a situation like this. Now, uh, these situations are uh, incredibly rare. Uh, Luckily, you and I will very likely live our entire lives uh, and never witness something like this. But being prepared is obviously uh, incredibly important. Uh, Run, hide, fight. Run, hide, fight. The advice given uh, not only by, uh, by Agent Schmay, but... Uh, all over the place where you look for uh, guidance on how to you know, best safeguard yourself in a situation like this. Number one, run. Remove yourself from the danger. Hide. Uh, keep yourself away from the danger. And if the danger is coming at you and there's no escape, it's time to fight. And you do that uh, with whatever means are available to you. Uh, maybe you've got a permit to conceal carry. Uh, maybe you're going to have to pick up a lamp or a chair that's there next to you. But be ready. If running and hiding fails you, it's time to fight. Uh, so so be ready. And you don't need to be paranoid about things. Uh, but working through exercises in your mind, understanding, uh, you know, if things were to go uh, south, how would you get away from that situation is good uh, wisdom and it's good practice. Now, I, I mentioned that uh, that incidents like this are incredibly rare. Let's get into the the details of how rare they are and if there is a trend in one direction or the other in terms of their frequency. Joining me on the line now is uh, Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst. Uh, Brad, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Lee. 
Uh, tell me, in we'll get to uh, you know mass shootings in, in general in just a moment, but in terms of uh, motive and initial investigation, what, what what do you believe is happening right now uh, regarding this Colorado case? So, you know, the key here, here obviously, and I think they've eliminated this, Lee, was there anybody else involved? Are there any devices that could harm law enforcement or anybody else? My guess is the answer is no at this point. And so you've eliminated the immediate threats. The next thing you do, obviously, is look at where did the weapon come from? Did he get it legally? Did somebody help him get it? Um, What has he written or stated about his state of mind, about what he wanted to do? Uh, Has he been having dark thoughts about harming people and so forth? Um, and so they have a better maybe picture of him. And, you know, what was the motivation? Is there a mental health component to it? Is there a religious component to it? Uh, or is it just, if, is it just anger, resentment, rage? I mean, typically mass shooters commit these acts for two reasons. One is revenge. And the second is they want attention. They want, the, they want the world to sort of know who they are. They feel powerless. And these shootings, at least for a period of time, make them feel like they're incredibly empowered, which I suppose is accurate. I mean, you're taking people's lives. It doesn't probably get much more powerful than that. But um, so we don't know where this, this guy falls. Uh, my guess is he falls into sort of one of the categories we talked about. Um, was the grocery store or anybody in the grocery store – um, a target. Mm. There's nothing to indicate that, but we don't we don't know. Do they represent something in his mind? Maybe, maybe not. We'll just have to see. Sure. Uh, and now taking a step back, looking at the the data and the the figures, uh, mass shootings. Uh, this certainly falls into that definition. Is there is there an accepted definition of of mass shootings right now? Well, some would say. Four or more people shot. Some say three or more people shot. And the thing about it, Lee, is that we typically they don't these shootings don't get much of a media profile unless they're like in the public. Obviously, a school in this case, a grocery store, a business. Um, you know, there are a fair number of mass shootings that involve families where somebody kills everybody in the family that's more than four people. They may get like regional coverage or local coverage. So when you start looking at all of those, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that happens with some regularity, unfortunately, in this country. Are, 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 there, are there trends? If we look at it in terms of just the three or four plus, uh, how, how are things looking? Are, are there any trends and is there any... This is a silly question, but you apply it to everything these days. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic impact these at all? Well, to a certain extent, although we had a fair number of not high-profile mass shootings, but they clearly were mass shootings during COVID. What's interesting is that we didn't have any like the one we're talking about now or mm-hmm. the one you know that happened a few days ago. Uh, and I think... You know, the reason why is part of its availability. I mean, we haven't had any school shootings because kids haven't been in school. Uh, Less people until recently, less people have been out. People have been at home. So it reduces 
potentially the opportunity to commit these acts. Not impossible, of course. Uh, that may well play play into it. But you know, mass shooters, by their very nature, uh, have patience as to when they are going to go launch an attack, and they just may wait a day or two. Mm-hmm. They may wait longer than that until they acquire the weapon they want to use to commit the act. Um, and, you know, so obviously we don't know the answer to any of those in reference to this shooter. But we, I think we probably will in the next few days. Sure. Uh, listen, Brad Garrett, thank you so much. Again, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst. I'm grateful to you for your insight and your information here today. Thanks again. You're welcome. Take care. All righty. Uh, as I mentioned at the kickoff of this conversation when we were speaking to Debbie Dejanovic, there are a number of questions that are asked. The first is, uh, why did this happen? Motive, as you heard described by Brad Garrett right now, is being investigated by uh, officials. There are some indications I won't go into right now, let the investigators uh, land on solid ground. But we've seen, uh, you know, at least some claims of his uh, social media postings, his the, the suspect social media postings uh, full of much anger. And the, the specifics of that anger, I'll let, I'll let authorities uh, reveal when they're ready to do so. But uh, that's the first question. Why did something like this happen? And then there is the natural question of, okay, what should I find myself in, this, in a similar situation? What do I do? The, the word is uh, run, hide, fight. Run, hide, fight. Get yourself away from the danger. And if the danger uh, tracks you down and you can't escape it and you can't hide from it, well, it's time to uh, stand your ground and fight. Fight. And you don't need to be, uh, you know, all paranoid all the time thinking that a tragedy like this is about ready to sneak up behind you at any time. But you always want to be, at least in your mind, uh, ready to, you know, to respond to whatever threats may face you or your family or your fellow man. Lastly, the question is, what happens next? And that is a question which uh, almost invariably ends up uh, on the floor of the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate. That debate is already playing out right now. We have heard uh, President Joe Biden call for passage of uh, assault weapons bans, as uh, he phrases it, and a limit on uh, high-capacity magazines, as he phrase it, phrases it. Uh, now, what would, what would be required for that to happen? Well, it brings us back to that question of the filibuster. The way for legislation like that to get through, one of two things needs to happen. First off, well, let me just back up. The House, controlled by Democrats, uh, is certainly going to pass that. Uh, on the Senate side, it's 50-50, but we've got that ever-present uh, filibuster and ever-present need to uh, cast 60 votes to overcome it. We'll get into those details later on. I'll share with you what's being said by the various sizes, uh, various sides of the debate. Uh, taking a break, though, right now. When we return, we're going to shift topics uh, pretty dramatically. I mentioned uh, e-scooters. We're going to look into what may be happening technologically uh, to keep both riders and pedestrians uh, safe when these scooters are out and about. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. 
Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.